and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm going to be talking about a common theme that pops up during conversations with clients and colleagues, and that is the feeling that we are not valued. Before we dive in, though, I do want you to pledge something to yourself, which is that you will not use this episode to gaslight yourself. That's not what we're doing here. But when we talk about this, you'll see how it's really easy to do. Um, Most of us are used to gaslighting in various settings, but just in case you're not familiar with this term, gaslighting is a form of manipulation in which someone tries to get you to believe that there's something wrong with you for their gain. So an example of this is that you're telling someone that you don't like their critical tone and their response is, well, I didn't know you were so sensitive. Or maybe you complain that, you know, you have too many patients to see and the response is, well, you just need to go faster. This is a term that we commonly describe others doing to us, but we can also do it to ourselves, telling ourselves not to be so sensitive, or if you just worked harder then you, this wouldn't have happened. And the reason that I bring this up today before we get going is that when we talk about feeling valued you'll see that it will be easy for you with your self-critical habits to turn this against yourself. And I want you to promise that you will choose not to do that here, that you will instead choose to hear and absorb the conversation without self-blame or self-judgment so that you really can feel better. Okay, so I will pretend that I've heard you all acknowledge and pledge that you won't do that, that you won't gaslight yourself, and let's dive in. One of the most common things that I hear from physicians is they just don't value me. It's part of nearly every first conversation that I have with people when we talk about what's bringing them to coaching. And it certainly has been a part of my lived experience as well. The experience of working as hard as we do, of training for so many years to practice medicine, diminishing insurance reimbursements, paying back exorbitant loans, being asked to, quote unquote, just squeeze in one more person. All of these contribute to the sense that we're not valued. If we add in, you know, the volume of stuff that comes in through the patient portals, complaints about co-pays, patients showing up late, understaffing, it's a real mess. It's no surprise that this environment has us feeling this way. But today I also want to talk about the parts that we unconsciously add to this state. Because many of the people that I coach will also share stories of not valuing themselves. And we're going to talk about why this happens. There are many, many layers here. But this is the place where we really need to start. Let's start with some examples of how this looks. And again, I'm going to remind you that today we have agreed not to take these examples of judgment, uh, take these examples of judgment or self-blame. We're going to talk about how we got here. But first, I want to point out how this shows up. Not charting during the visit, 
leaving it to your after hours time. Not intentionally taking a break during the day to feed yourself, use the bathroom, etc. Not setting limits to the number of concerns addressed in the scheduled appointment. Not saying no, and then simmering in resentment for the rest of the day. Writing elaborate responses to patient portal messages and spending a lot of time doing so. Unpaid work that doesn't fill your cup or truly advance your career in some way. Not exercising, not eating healthily, not getting enough sleep. I'm going to stop there and let's all take a collective deep breath. A few of you are ready to fight hearing this list, perhaps now shouting at your phone that it's just not that easy. And, you know, maybe you think, I don't understand your situation. I hear you. And I've been there. And I want to say that if any of this is you, and if you find yourself feeling angry, you know, having big feelings, go ahead and take a break if you need to. But then I want you to come back and listen to the rest of the episode, which is really important. None of this is your fault if this is the way that you've been operating. All of this is conditioning received from culture, family, society, medical training, you name it. You didn't come into this world as a baby thinking that your role was to suffer and serve other humans and not take care of yourself. None of us did. We come into this world as curious, playful, and emotive creatures who figure out the best way to get our needs met. And then the world gets to us and shapes us. So if you're still here listening, let's talk about what it means to feel valued. Feeling valued is an emotional state. Emotions can be thought of as transient states that show up in our bodies as physical sensations. If you feel angry, for example, you have physical sensations, which might include flushed cheeks, tightness in your hands, etc. What is the emotional state of feeling valued like? Think of a time when you have felt valued. You might have also have felt flushing in your cheeks. You might have felt happy tears coming out. You might have felt an openness in your chest. If you can pause here, if it's safe for you to do so, if you're not driving, and think about what you feel like in your body when you feel valued. And once you can connect with that, connect with that emotional state, think of some of the times that you felt that way. And what what was going on? Was it an event? Were you being thanked by someone? Were you given a present, received a hug? Think about a few times when you felt valued. What was the situation? And what were the thoughts in your mind at that time? If you've listened to the show before, or you've heard other coaches talk about the thought model, then you know that our thoughts create our feelings, which drive our actions. There may be particular circumstances, which might be words that people say, might be certain kinds of events, certain kinds of recognitions that trigger the thoughts that lead to the feeling of valued. But regardless of the particular circumstances, there are also thoughts involved. And those thoughts might be something like, I did a good job. This paid off. They like the work that I did. I'm a good person, etc. These thoughts can be conscious or unconscious, and they often flash through our brains so quickly that it's hard to notice the thought. But it's important to recognize that to feel any emotion, these parts come first. Something happens, we have a thought, 
And then we have a feeling. It might take two milliseconds, but this is how it works. So then if we think about that, what's going on in the work setting? If you aren't feeling valued, what's going on? For many of us, there are many layers of issues going on. And the first part let's tackle is the underlying issue with training. For most of us, we had to work really hard to get into medical school. We spent long hours studying, training, doing scut work. We may have also provided great value, taking the time to listen to patient stories, learning procedural skills, helping out. But most of us paid to be there, right? We were paying student loans eventually. And in some respects, none of our work counted, right? We might have spent an hour with a patient, but the attending could only bill for the complexity of care or the time that they spent with the patient. And some of them let us know that. When we were residents, similarly, things occurred, right? We were working hard, long hours, this time getting paid, but pretty poorly compared to the amount of time we spent with very little control over our schedules, often little to no control over how the training was allotted, and sometimes facing demeaning behaviors from others. These experiences, of course, vary tremendously amongst the community of physicians and allied health professionals, uh, of course. But the combination of circumstances, usually including lots of time spent, little or negative income recouped, bias against trainees from staff and patients, relative inexperience, all of these contribute to us feeling not valued relatively to the amount of work provided. I was talking about this this morning with a client. If American medicine didn't rely so heavily on the labor of residents, students, and other trainees, the current financial structures of many hospital systems would collapse. Let's call a spade a spade. We were always providing valuable work, but not being compensated uh, in a variety of ways. So that's really important background because most of us don't escape feeling feelings of undervaluing ourselves in that setting. I don't know about you, but no one gave me a pep talk or a class on turning off that feeling of not being valued, you know, or, you know, that thought pattern after I became an attending. In fact, you know, when we're early in our career, early attendings can often feel even less valuable than they did as senior residents because they are once again low on the totem pole, right? And sometimes other people let you know in. So that's the first part. But what happens next? After training, or sometimes even during training, we then encounter the systems. And by the systems, I mean, you know, insurance companies and their relative reimbursements, what they feel like paying. It includes clinical and hospital administrators looking at the business side of things, often not spending time understanding or appreciating the complexity of caring for humans. It includes electronic medical record systems who, you know, promote their user friendliness, but also rely on healthcare purchasers who need to know that the system will promote the highest billing reimbursements possible. We, the users, are not the customers. The clinic and the hospital systems are the customers, right? They're the ones who are paying for the electronic medical record. Since medicine has evolved into businesses, businesses that need to keep the lights on, that is to operate in a sustainable way, 
and for many places also operating as for-profit systems with shareholders and all the usual components of wanting to be highly lucrative and knowing that professional services administered by licensed providers are what actually brings the money into the system, we have become the machines through which the money flows. If I see more people per day, more money comes in. If the hospital performs more surgery or more complex or high-risk surgeries, more money comes in. If I don't get paid differently based on how many people I see, less money flows out in expenses. If fewer people are on the payroll, less money flows out. I'm going to stop before this whole episode gets eaten up here, right? But it's important to see that our role in most of American healthcare is the machine through which money flows. And it's a natural function of business to increase the output of machines. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong here. That's a different, important conversation. But when we think about value, the current reality in most systems is that the employers are pushing providers to provide a high output of care and paying little attention to the stress and strain on the machines, us being the machines. Although we know the high financial cost of replacing physicians, and we see the human tragedy of losing healthcare providers to suicide and burnout, the system, in general, continues to prioritize maximizing output rather than prioritizing the well-being of the machines. You know, they don't try to balance the stress and output for the long term. So if we are the machines in this system, and this is the case where our output is being prioritized, and the maintenance and stress and the system is largely being ignored, we can see how we would not be feeling valued, right? We, the machines, are not being valued in that system. Next, let's speak to the experience of interacting with humans, right? Humans who are humans, right? Humans who show up late. Humans who don't tell the whole story. Either, you know, maybe they haven't thought about it. Sometimes they're withholding things from us. Humans whose bodies don't show signs typical of the diseases occurring, right? They didn't read the textbook. Humans caught up in their own stories, their own fears, their own ego, their own anxieties. Although we've been led to believe that our expertise and knowledge deserve respect from others, we don't always receive it. Other humans don't have to feel grateful or thankful for our care and services, and many don't. And we add to this at times by also making their foibles mean something about us, right? If my patient is late and I'm already feeling not valued, it's easy for me to assume that their lateness is an indication of their lack of respect for me and my professional abilities, which may or may not be true at all. If my patient's rude or not very communicative, I can make it mean that they don't respect me, right, in my brain. When again, it may or may not be true. Maybe this is who they are. Maybe they're having an off day. Maybe they have a personality disorder. Who knows? But humans being humans, having their own emotions and behaviors, often doesn't have anything to do with me. But if I'm hanging my self-worth and my ability to feel valued on what they are or are not doing, you can see how this too contributes to my lack of feeling valued. 
Finally, we have to consider the impact of all of these realities in the context of how they land on us now. If you went through a period of time when you were in learning mode, working hard, paying money or accumulating debt necessary to the system and yet not feeling necessarily valued through the process because of your relative experience, and then you move to a system where the emphasis is on maximizing output, whew, what a setup. You are likely not used to taking good care of yourself, not skilled in putting time and energy into your own well-being because you wanted so badly to be a student and then a resident and you worked your butt off and sacrificed a lot in the process. And then here we are, plunked into a system that cranks hard on the heartstrings, right? And our desire to care for other humans while not encouraging or supporting boundaries, right? Encountering humans who are being humans and not always happy to hear the things that we have to say about their bodies. All of these things together create a lot of thoughts, recurrent thoughts in us about our value, and it generally does not result in us feeling valued. In fact, many of the thoughts that we end up thinking follow a few themes. If I worked harder, this wouldn't happen. If they valued me, my time, my expertise, then they wouldn't ask this of me. No one cares about me. None of these statements lead to me feeling valued. And I hope that you can see that all of these thoughts are our conclusions, our patterns of thinking relative to our training, the healthcare system, insurance reimbursements, and the reality of dealing with other humans. And we can choose to believe that all of these things together mean that we're not valuable, that we need to do more, to do better, to be better, etc., in order to prove our worth, right? We were literally dependent on external validation for many years in order to proceed. We can choose to keep thinking and believing this. Or we can decide now that it's all optional. When you decide to start believing and really spending time working on thinking new thoughts about your value, about your inherent worth as a human, as a healthcare professional, as a spouse, as a parent, as a friend, decoupling that from the things that you do, recognizing that you can learn to let go of the need to be fully dependent on external validation and choose to lean into a new path of internal validation, then you get to move out of this place where you no longer feel valued. When you recognize that you are good and worthy right now with all of your shine and all of your flaws, and you start to make decisions that are in alignment with valuing yourself, your life changes. Yes, it includes setting boundaries. Yes, it includes needing to be very clear on what the details of your life are, how many patients you see per day, how long you get for each visit, what the volume of inbox crap is, what the support staff is capable of and has capacity for, and then deciding how you will respond to those challenges. Yes, it includes deciding that although your visits ran over and there's stuff in your inbox, you need to take a break midday to feed yourself and use the bathroom and take care of yourself rather than pushing through. When you believe in your own value and you start showing up from the place of feeling valued because you value yourself, it's easier to take the actions that maintain that feeling. It's not to say that when you encounter a rude person that their words don't sting. 
What I mean, though, is that if you value yourself and someone shows up late and they're being rude, you won't take that as proof that you aren't good enough. You'll see their behaviors as reflective of them, and you'll make a decision for yourself how you respond, right? Depending on their behaviors, that might include cutting the visit short or firing them from your practice or setting some kind of limit with them. When your staff knocks on the door, asking if you'll take a walk in patient, you're going to check in with yourself and see if you have the internal capacity and or the time and or the bandwidth for it. And if not, then you'll say no, right? Because you value and respect your own time and capacity. You'll stop being in victim mode, trapped in your circumstances without agency. The same annoying changes may come down from management. The same requests for unpaid, uncompensated participation in some committee or project. But you are different. You decide without guilt or hustling whether or not you want to participate. Can you see the difference there? You can see how gaslighting could occur. But what I'd like to leave you with is that seeing how you have been trained not to value yourself and how you are interpreting challenges in healthcare and human beings being human as reflections of your value. They aren't. And you can choose now to see this whole context and decide to believe in and work on thoughts that support your value as a human and as a physician. And you can show up differently. Committed to caring for yourself, listening to your body, tuning into your emotions and thoughts, willing to set boundaries, and no longer willing to always put others above yourself. And sure, depending on your particular role, there may still be times when you have to put your needs aside, right? But you won't do that all day, every day, because that's not sustainable. You'll no longer be stuck in this place waiting for others to demonstrate your value to you in order for you to feel worthy and valued. You'll know your value. You'll show up confident that you have particular skills, knowledge, and a demeanor that serves some patients well. And you'll accept that other people's behavior is not related to you and your worth. You'll accept that American healthcare wants to be a neat and tidy business composed of widget units of care. And you will find a way to care for yourself and accept that medical care is far more messy than that. And you won't continue to hang your own value and sense of worth off the business side of medicine. You will provide high quality medical care and you'll accept that you can't do it all and you can't be everything to everyone. What I want you to take out of this episode is a commitment to stop waiting for others to give you value and to start accepting your inherent worth and living from that place. Say no when you need to say no. Choose to see charting and referrals and prescriptions as part of the visit, not something you're going to do later in your off time. Make decisions that honor your time and expertise, not focused on pleasing others or proving something to others. You can't feel valued if you don't value yourself. Not really. And you can't really serve others and give freely if your tank is empty. Sure, you can do that for a while, but then we have to figure out how to not only refill the tank, but how to maintain a homeostasis where we refill it regularly and we don't run ourselves down to empty all the time. 
I hope too, that if you feel that there's something broken about you, that you don't take care of yourself, that you don't make healthy choices, that you don't respect your training and you experience that you will and and have that experience, then I hope that you will stop seeing yourself as broken and start seeing yourself as a product of a crazy system and socialization and that you will seek the help that you need to feel better. Again, babies are not born believing that they're flawed or inferior. We just get there through years and years of conditioning and we can uncondition ourselves too. I believe in your worth right here, right now. I believe in my worth. I believe that I provide high quality care to humans. And yes, I make mistakes. And no, I don't know how to take care of everything and everyone. But I still value myself as a human and as a healthcare professional. And I hope that you'll choose to do the same for yourself. My friends, that is what I have for you today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my audience. If this episode has helped you, if any episodes have helped you or inspired you, please uh, be sure to leave me a review in your favorite podcast player, especially iTunes. Reviews and ratings help others to find the podcast. And I appreciate your help in spreading this work to others. Until next week. Be well and take care. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.